Welcome to the Grow Bold with Disability podcast, brought to you by Ferros Care, a podcast dedicated to smashing stereotypes and talking about the things people with disability care about most, to help us live bolder, healthier, better connected lives. I'm journalist Pete Timms. And I'm Tristan Peters. I work for Disability Service Directory Clickability and am a wheelchair user living with spinal muscular atrophy. Today's episode of Grow Bold with Disability is Growing Bold with Cystic Fibrosis. And our guest is Reggie Bird, the winner of the third Big Brother way back in 2003 and mother to 12-year-old Mia and 10-year-old Lucas who has cystic fibrosis. In this episode, we'll discover what life has been like raising a child with cystic fibrosis and the struggles of being able to afford the best treatment for her son as a single mum. Reggie, welcome to Grow Bold with Disabilities. Oh, thank you for having me on. <laughs> so, uh, Reggie, Lucas was born 10 years ago. Uh, when did you find out that he had cystic fibrosis? Um, found out when he was about four weeks old. Um, and how you find out is when, when the babies are born, they take them away and do a heel prick test mm-hmm. and um, where they take blood, I think. And then... Um, then I got a – it was really weird how I found out because, well, they sent a, a letter in the mail and um, there was a list of about 20 things on, on the letter saying your your baby could have one of these things wrong with them. And I'm just like, what the hell, you know, like and, – and I'm going, this is crazy. So – and I remember um, I rang the um, – oh, I forgot what are they called um, – Oh, he's a genetic specialist, but he was also oh, you have I forgot what they're called when when your babies are born. Pediatrician. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Um. Anyway, so and they said, oh, look, we can't get you in for um two weeks to see him, and I said, oh, I said no, nah. I said I want to see see them as soon as I can. I said, you know, you've sent me this letter to say something's wrong with my child, and now I can't find out what it is. <laughs> And yeah. then, um, and I remember, and I rang Dale, he was at work and I was crying and so he rang them up and then we ended up getting in the next day because he was wild for them to send a letter and say, look, you know, you can't come come and find out what's wrong for a couple more weeks down the track. Um, went in and then as soon as he said cystic fibrosis, uh, we just, just knew like, because um, we got a friend that has uh, cystic fibrosis mm-hmm. and... Um, uh, one of Dale's work, who used to work at the fire station with, one of the fireys. So his son, uh, Rory, he's actually, um, it's his birthday today, actually. So he's still kicking along. He's, um, yeah, yeah. And um, so that's how I, um, yeah, how we found out that he had uh, cystic fibrosis. And then it wasn't until, uh, like, the nurses, one, once we found out, then the hospital got in touch with me and, and because uh, I didn't really know a lot about the disease at all, so. Well, tell um, us a little bit more about it. What 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 does that mean? What does cystic fibrosis yeah. mean to you as a mum, and what you need to do? Okay, uh, it's with um, cystic fibrosis. Like there's there's um there's all different um, g- genetic mutations, different strains of um, CF. Like Lucas is is uh, called double delta FO8. Uh, where he has got – it's the worst one you can probably get because uh, some carry one gene. Um, there's, I think there's over 2,000 different um, kinds of genetics 
of CF. And it's where I carried the gene and Dale carried the gene. And we both didn't know that we were carrying this faulty gene and that's how CF comes about. And um, like no one in my side of the family has it and no one on Dale's side of the family has it either. So um, I was really... Oh, man, I mean, I couldn't say I was too shocked because I've got really bad Tasmanian genetics as it is. So, <laughs> I, I mean, they're, sure, they're, they're bad. They've all got the bad Tasmanian genetics. So, um, and so what's this, what CF is, it's a, a, they say it's a lung disease. It affects um, uh, the whole digestive system. So, um, they say, like, it's a, a lung disease. So, Mucus gets stuck in his um, lungs. Um, it affects his kidneys, his liver, um, his pancreas doesn't work. So he, uh, he has to have medication, um, tablets called Creon to enzymes to, um, to take before he eats food. So he can try and di- digest the food and, and um, help keep, keep, you know, the food in because if he has – anything with fat in it and it depends on the the fat content as well so you've got to measure um look at how much fat's in everything and then you go by how many tablets that he has to take to try and absorb absorb the food but you know the minute he doesn't if he's if he's missed his tablets and he goes and eats something he ends up on the toilet like real bad with Mm. belly aches and oh it's awful um and then, um, yeah, so the mucus sits in their lungs um, and that's why I have to give him physiotherapy every day to um, try and shift that mucus. Um, so I, I, I pat him or bash him, you know, uh, on his back <laughs> and his chest and give him a good old punch there. But he yeah. – um, he, he, um, oh, I brought a vest for him as well. Like it's a machine that can – it's like a little life jacket and that also vibrates the body but he hates he hates the machine I, I he just won't let me put that on him anymore so I might have to um sell that actually down the track because I don't think he he just doesn't like it so any yeah. physical yeah like so you know I've got a trampoline here so I'll get him out on the trampoline as well to try and um get it move the mucus um yeah, so lots of lots of physical activity is good for them. Um, to because because if you miss if you miss physio, you, you know straight away like the the you can hear all the the gunk and he coughs and yeah, so lots of lots of um, um, exercise for him. <clears throat> So what is all of this meant for the family? I mean, it's it's a big adjustment for you guys to make. Oh, look, it's it's you know, like at this like at the beginning when I found out I was just like just absolutely heartbroken when um I found out all about the the disease. So I think he was only a, a few months old when he had his first operation, like had to go in and um have a bronchos I can't say the word properly but anyway they stick something something down you know into the lungs and have a look around and um so we go to the hospital uh every month uh we go up and he gets his weight um weight checked height um you see the you know the physiotherapists the dietitians the counselors you'll see his doctor 
So it's a, it's an all day um, process when you go up there, and also like the minute you get there, he has to put a mask on. We get put into an isolate like a room because CF people can't be near other CF people as well. So he can't he can't hang out with anyone else that's got CF. Uh, because of cross-contamination with bugs that they have in their lungs. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's sad in a way because, like, it would be, you know, like he, he – it would be good for him to talk to another CF kid to what he goes through, you know, like he has lots of mm. x-rays, bloods, uh, finger pricks, all that kind of stuff. So – it's, and it's been um, over the years traumatic for him having all the needles because he, he's just absolutely petrified of needles. So um, they used to send in like the occupational therapist would come in and, and try and, you know, make it nicer, a nicer experience for him. But I just found that made it worse. So I just uh, do now is just um, take him when he has to have bloods done, I just take him in there and get him, get him to stick the needle in and get it out as quick as I can. The, you've obviously got these, all the physio you've got to do, all the tablets he's got to take and stuff, but you also yep. mentioned his diet. That's been a really big thing for Lucas, hasn't it? He hasn't been able to put on much weight and that's also affected yeah. his growth and it's also affected what he yeah. can and can't do. Yeah, yeah, massively. So it's been a constant, constant battle to try and get weight on him. So last year he ended up having a, NG, a nasal gastric tube put in. Um, so for the last two years the, the doctor's been – pushing to get a, a G tube put in, yeah, a feeding tube into his stomach. So mm. that's where, you know, he's hooked up to feeds um, every night. But um, I've just been trying my hardest to get weight on him. And um, so when he had the nasal gastric tube in, um, he managed to put on about three kilos. So he had that in for, for oh, a while and the minute that he, the minute they pulled it out, he got bloody sick, and then he went downhill and lost all his weight again. You know, and I'm like, oh, it's just, yeah, just because they, his liver, um, his liver levels have been really bad. So when when this new drug or can be um, finally come out to Australia, came on the PBS, which um, we could have it, but. Um, because his liver levels were so high, it's taken over a year for the liver to come back down to to uh, to be stabilised. And then um, we've got the new drug now. Um, he's been on it for three weeks, four weeks? No, three weeks now. I think it is three weeks or two weeks. God, I'm losing track of all the time because of the school holiday. <laughs> but anyway, um, um, anyway, so he's on the new, new drug, but... Um, He's really suffering uh, the with the side effects, the poor little bugger. Like the side effects are just horrid, and he's managed to um, to have all the side effects possible with it, with it. Like there's lots of fever, headaches. He's constantly feeling sick and got pains in his belly, rash, all that kind of stuff. So, but the, this new drug's um, going to help him. Um, it helps break down the mucus in the lungs, and it helps him put on weight. So, fingers crossed, like this is it's it's going to work, and um, and you'll hopefully put on a you know some weight and and start growing because he's only a little he's so tiny eh like he's a little little runt, so you know thin, skinny legs, skinny arms, and they're saying like he's coming into a crucial time 
uh, you know, like when they start coming into puberty and stuff, mm. when whenever that starts. <laughs> I didn't start till I was 14, I think, anyway, but <laughs> I don't know how long it takes for boys to, to start um, growing there, yeah. <laughs> Oh, He's um obviously shown like so much resilience through through all of this. What are what are some of his hobbies? What what does he enjoy doing? Oh, he's obsessed with Fortnite at the moment. It's <laughs> it's giving me the oh, I tell you, I could throw the PlayStation in the bin some days, but um but I use the PlayStation as a as a bribe. So I say to him, you got to have your physio because he hates having physio done. And um, you're not getting on there to have a play until you have your physio. So um, it's a, that's a good bribe thing. But he's um, he loves um, basketball. I take him up to the basket. There's a little court up, up the road here and um, he likes to try and shoot the hoops. And um, he has – he has he's so tiny but he has a go. He gets a few in. Um, he likes doing that and – and and where we live, um, like in a complex, there's um, there's three swimming pools in the complex here, and uh, so they they love going down there for a swim. They love swimming, and he loves kicking the soccer ball, just all those type of things. Yeah. So what, yeah. Reg, what are the um, what do you think the effects have been on the family financially? Oh, look, well, with this, that all can be drug that, that came out because um, we couldn't have it because it was $260,000 a year. Wow. Yeah, to have. So so I fought for years, oh, gosh, I think it was about three or four years to fighting to get the actual, to get it onto the PBS. So uh, when that finally happened... Um, you know, instead of instead of paying, I think you know the two hundred sixty thousand dollars a year. It works out to be, I think, about seventy eight dollars all up for the year. Wow. Um, yeah, but oh, and all the other uh, tablets that he takes, all his other medication, um, that's on the PBS. So that that helps a lot. So I, I think um, he's because of uh, his health care. Like they, he's got a health care card. So. But when they turn 16, that they take it off him. So I don't know what's going to happen when he turns 16. So um, and that, and that puts a lot of um, burden on on many families because um, because mm. it's expensive. It's so expensive with, without without it being on the um, you know when you don't have a healthcare card. But what about also um, time away from work for you or actually trying to get full-time work and hold it down when you've oh, got a, a young one who's so sick? Oh, it is. Yeah, see, that's <laughs> that's one of my biggest hurdles as well that, you know, in life is trying to get a job who understands that I'm going to be spending uh, months at a time in hospital, you know, weeks at a time um, with him. So I, when I was working in the call centre a couple of years ago, they were they were quite good actually. Like um, Lucas was really sick and I had about three months off and they were happy to, you know, uh, let me come back. No problem at all. But um, <coughs> just um, – and at the moment I'm just doing a, a work from home thing um, but if I was to go out and try and get a full time job, it it'd be too it'd be just too hard. I, I couldn't do it because I'm because I'm on my own, you know. Like I don't have anyone here to help me. I mean, and um, 
Dale, he's he's lucky, like he's got a nice partner and and she's there to help him. Um, but all my family's down in Tassie, so yeah, I'm just here on my own, so it makes it makes it hard. And so you don't get any assistance from the NGIS or government, or it's through going this journey your own. I, I can't get the NDIS for Lucas, and because they don't class cystic fibrosis as a disability, right? So it's not classed as, yeah. Even though you've got to have all this medication to keep yourself alive each day, and you and, and you know all these hospital trips, and you you know you don't know how long you're going to live for, like because the life expectancy is thirty seven, but you see a lot of young ones dying all the time, and. Mm. Um, um, but no, it's, it's he can't get the NDIS because they don't see it as a as a disability. How is it? How does he go at school, Reg, um, with having time off and trying to keep up with his um, peers and so forth? Is yeah. he falling falling behind at class and so forth? Yes. And how does that affect him also <laughs> with the is with the other kids at school too? Yeah, yeah. No, um, well, I've applied um, for this year. He's going to get tutoring um, once a week. So, because he missed last year, hundred and gosh, it was a, it was about hundred and twenty days of school last wow. year. Yeah. So, mm. um, and he felt like he was he wasn't he's falling behind. So, um, actually, starting next Wednesday, um, he's going to get before school tutored uh, an hour before school every Wednesday, just so mm. he can, um, you know, keep up with everything. Uh, they have hospital in the hospital. They have a school, but the trouble is, you can't go into the classroom if there's another CF person in there. Like another CF oh. kid is in mm-hmm. there because again, because they can't be near each other. So, and a lot of the time when we are in hospital, we, he misses out going to school in there. Um, you know, because someone's in there, and then you wait for someone to come back, and or Lucas has had to be taken away to have physio, and then you come back, and someone else is in there, and so yeah, it's just um, that that's very hard. So hopefully this year with the, the tutoring, he'll um, he'll catch up on things. And you've had issues with your own health, Reggie. How's your eyesight at the moment? Yeah, my eyes—they're stuffed. <laughs> so they're um, <laughs> they're going, they're going okay. I, I, look, I've still got um, nine degrees of central vision left, which is you know touch wood that hasn't changed in the um in in a year because I go to my ophthalmologist uh, every year, and um and they said it's still sitting at nine degrees, so. I'm happy with that because I can still – I've still got, you know, a bit of pinhole vision left and I can still manage to, you know, walk walk places. Um, I take my cane when I go to the shops or in crowded areas because I don't see um, people coming to, you know, to my left or my right. I've got no peripheral vision and I don't have any night vision. So, yeah, so it's a bit of a battle uh, when you go to the supermarket <clears throat> banging into people but – you know, I'm, I'm, I'm used to it now. So I, I just, you know, oh, try and make the most of life while I can, while I can still Absolutely. see. So now, Reg, last time I was talking to you, you were talking about getting a guide dog. Where are we at with that? Ah, uh, look, I'm hopeless, eh? Like I haven't even applied for one. I got a, <laughs> I got a, I know, and it's like a two-year waiting list. Oh, you know what happened? No, actually, I did. I did actually speak to – I just remembered. I did speak to someone about 
getting a dog. And they said to me, because I'd because lo- um, I lost my job at the call centre, um, mm. they lost a, a contract, which was mm. oh, with the Red Cross. So that didn't really bother me because I, I didn't like it anyway. And um, the, the um, lady said to me, she said, because I don't have a full-time job, I couldn't get a dog. I'm not in- entitled yet to get a dog. And I said, what do you mean? I said, how blind do you have to be to get a dog, you know? And um, and she said, well, because it's a working dog, the dog has to go out and go places. And I said, well, I, I go places, you know. I walk down to the gym and I go, well, I walk to the shops, I get on buses, I, you know. Mm. But I need to look back into it again. But I can't remember if it was through the seeing-eyed dogs or or the guide dogs i can't remember who it was through so i need to look look into that again yeah oh reg reg hey oh, reg <laughs> what's up what's what's the future holding for lucas now he's on the new drug obviously it's a little bit early to say what is, yeah. what's the what's the outlook the doctors are hoping for well there's a well this drug um cuz it's taken so so many years for the to get the damn drug there's another one that's come out called trichafta and it's yeah. meant to be better than the Orcambi. So, um, yeah, so I reckon we'll be here fighting again for this Trikafta because uh, it's a, around the same price again. They've put this massive price on it so no one can afford it. Um, yeah. but, but the doctors are saying that the next drug coming through is going to be a lot better uh, than the Orcambi. So it, things are looking, looking good. Um, as long as, you know, he takes his tablets and, and does his physio and tries to say, stay healthy, um, hopefully, you know, he'll live a long, you know, he'll live past 37, so fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. Reggie, as you know, this podcast is called Grow Bold with Disability. Uh, can you tell us what living a bold life is to you? Oh, I go in the pub having a few beers. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, oh, gosh. You know, I, I I like going out and you know having a having a few beers with me with my friends and um, oh look, you know I, I've joined back at the gym but I haven't really been. But my my life is oh, living a bold life. I think you just got to make the most of everything. You live it as a, live each day as it's your last day, and um, that's how I I see it. How I think. I know sometimes I probably shouldn't think like that, you know. I think oh, I should be saving up a bit, you know, save me a pension up for a better, you know, rainy day. But I'd just like to live in the moment and, and make the most of it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Reg, you are, you are definitely one of a kind. Thank you so much for joining us here on Grow Bowl with Disability Podcast, brought to you by Ferros Care. And please say hello to Lucas and Mia for us. Yeah, will do. Thanks so much for having me on. And listeners can find out more about Reggie and all these other great things to do with cystic fibrosis in the links on today's episode's show notes. Thanks again, Reg. Thanks, Reg. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. And if you have enjoyed today's episode, then make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Grow Bold with Disability. And if you like what you heard, then please take a few moments to pop over to iTunes and give our podcast a quick rating so we can continue these conversations and encourage people to grow bold. This podcast is brought to you by Ferros Care, a people care organisation committed to helping people live bolder lives. We call it Growing Boldly. And for over 25 years, Ferros has been making it real 
for both older Australians and those living with disability. To find out more, head to ferriscare.com.au.